you're doing, gardening or sewing, whatever it is, there is a lesson that the universe is showing us. And it's like, if we just slow down, for me, I just had to slow down and say, okay, let me just really feel into what was going on in that moment when I flipped, when, when there was a lesson, you know, there's some kind of awareness that needs to happen. So slowing down, talking to people, journaling, and just recognizing that whatever you are doing in your life, it is your spiritual curriculum. Hello, and welcome to the Connectedness Podcast. Just as you might have guessed, I talk about connection and connectedness on this podcast, our connection with everything in the world around us. Whether you see it or not, we're all connected, and it doesn't matter if it's our dog, our cat, our god, our body, and I'll also talk about some more abstract connections like our career or our land, our community, our emotions, your body. Life is all about connection, so the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we can have an easier, more meaningful life. I will talk about these connections through different lenses, things like synchronicities and coincidences or just everyday little bits of magic and miracles that we, we usually dismiss. It's really important that we pay attention to all of this so we can live an easier, more meaningful life. So welcome to the show. I'm your host, Karen Cleveland. Hello, welcome back, everyone. So happy to have you back. Today, I'm actually talking with someone I met through a series of connections and coincidences that uh, I might not have come in contact with Pamela if I hadn't just followed my intuition to go to a certain place at a certain time. It was a book signing. I'm talking with Pamela about connection. And just a little brief intro about Pamela. She was traveling in her van doing a one-woman show up until about 2020. And at that, since that time, she's been building a home. She's been learning dog and human agility, taking long walks by the Dungeness River, which is here in Washington State, and just welcoming Olympic Peninsula travelers to her new short-term rental studio, which I still need to go and check out and rent for a couple of nights. Welcome to the show, Pamela. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, you bet. So I'm really excited to hear because you got a new puppy um, several years ago. And of course, I've known you for more years. I've known, you know, some of your dogs and and some of what you've done. But why don't you just start and tell the listeners what this has meant for you? Where does this connection story start that we're going to talk about today? Yeah, I think it's very interesting because you and I met at James Redfield, wasn't yes. it his yes. talk? And it he was. is all about coincidences, the Celestine prophecy. Yeah. And I I've watched that many times since then. And it's it's really good. So it's funny that we met there at yeah. James it, Redfield about it, coincidences. And and I think oddly enough, it was about his second book or, th or maybe third or fourth. I don't know which number book it was. I got the book, but I never actually read it. But I went to his reading. His, so, yeah, I was there. That's and where we you met. you still have the book? I think I do. I've moved and I still have some boxes. But yeah, I'm sure yeah, I do. I watched, not to get too off track, but I've watched the, the documentary that he did. 
And he said, watch it many times because the first time it's like, oh yeah, this is good. But then you watch it again and again. And after everything we've been through in the last couple of years, it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's really good. So it's the James Redfield documentary on the Celestine prophecy. Yeah. Okay. I will look that it's up. Probably not a documentary. I think it's a movie. A, a movie. movie. Called, yeah. Okay. But anyway, I'm sorry about that little sidetrack. Getting back to your question. I've had Zeta now for a year and a half. She's a year and a half. And, and I had never done agility before. And for you and the people listening, I used to think dog agility was just like, oh my God, you just like, let your dog run and jump over the jumps and do the tunnel and the A-frame. And it's just all so fun. But there is something that is so much more complex than just watching your dog run and jump. It's all about the connection. It's all right? about how connected are you to the dog. And if you're not, you are going to fail in the ring. Um, mm. Your dog will just go running around and not come when you call them. And it's really embarrassing. This has happened to me um, because they want you in and out of the ring in competitions. And if you can't catch your dog, if your dog won't come to you, it's not mm. fun. I mean, it can be kind of funny to watch if you're on the outside, but right. it is, it's just like, for me, the time it happened, it was, it was so difficult because it's like, this is showing to the world on a magnified level that we are not connected and it hurt, oh. you know, it's just like, it just was so hard. Um, but then when things are connected, when you're connected with your dog, it's so smooth and so beautiful and so fun to watch and participate in but it's you got to be connected you got to have the trust between you and the dog um and i i was thinking back when you asked me to come on this podcast about uh one of the times that i learned and i videotape all my lessons and i saw my codependence really stand out. I was like, no, I'm not a codependent person, right? We've all been through that. We've all taken the classes and no, no, not to be codependent. But I was in this lesson and I was running with my dog. You, as a handler, you learned the, the blind cross, the front cross, the rear cross. There's all these different ways of you and your dog running together so that they're lined up for the next jump. Okay. It's, it's, amazing um, okay. but anyway i was trying to do this rear cross and so the dog has to go ahead of you and you run behind them and i just couldn't get it i could not get it and so my trainer said why don't you run with my dog and when i ran with her dog i was doing what i needed to do i was running i was in position and everything just flowed then when I looked at the video, I saw myself like crouching over, trying to help Zeta. She's just a Boston Terrier, right? So okay. she's just 14 pounds. Okay. And my codependence kicked in and I was like, like bending over, you know, trying to help her and all that stuff, which really messed her up. Oh. And it made me look like an idiot too, because I wasn't doing my job. I wasn't running where I needed to run to let her do her thing. So the codependence 
that I saw on the videotape was really, it was very humbling because I thought, oh, I'm past all this stuff. I'm not a codependent person, but it really showed me that when we are in a dysfunctional relationship like that, I mean, it comes through with agility in me, yeah. but you could see yeah. it in anything you're doing in life. If yeah. you take a look at it, you'll see how it is not helpful at all in the connection. So first, I just want to say, it seems like a year and a half is really young for a dog to be performing like this. And, and I mean, I know that you can absolutely have a connection with an animal at that age. I mean, much younger than then, but um, there, I have so many questions based on what you just said. I'm not sure which one to ask first, but when would you say you started before you realized the codependence, I guess, when when did that connection start as far as her behavior? Because I know it's probably based a lot on, of what your expectation is. And when you're expecting her to do something, even though that's not what you want her to do, maybe you're expecting it. And maybe that's a little bit where the codependence comes. But anyways, I mean, how old was she when you really started feeling like, oh, we're connected. We can start doing this. Yeah. And to your point, just a little bit ago, there's a difference between luring a dog, like luring to, to okay. them to take a jump versus going right on. You did what we set out to do. And then you reward after you don't lure them to do it mm -hmm. because that's just manipulation. Okay. And, and manipulation doesn't work. So that's not how agility is, because I agree what, what you first said. It looks like fun. You know, look at the dogs mm -hmm. out there jumping and playing and looks like you just train them to do it. You know, you give them treats, you just train them and they just do it. But that's not how it is. You, you need to be connected. The handler has to learn so much. I've had a couple friends that were going to do agility because it looked like fun. And they took a lesson or two and they're just like, I can't do that because yeah. there's just so much involved with it. And I don't want to get too deep into that. Yeah. But really yeah. your question, they have to be 15 months old before they can go in the ring and compete. So Zeta was like 15 months and three days. Okay. And for overachievers, what can I say? But I okay. wanted her just to get in there, just get a feel, just get acclimated to it. I didn't push her too hard, but um, she she loved it. And I could tell that we were connected when we just started running together. And I could feel that she's over there. She wants, she loves agility, right? She wants to take the jump. She wants to do the A-frame and everything. Um, and you can just feel it. It's like with a person, right? You yeah. just feel it when you're connected versus when one of them is trying too hard or there might be manipulation or anything other than pure connection. And when it's a pure connection, I've had friends in agility tell me there's just nothing like it. Like you go through all the training, all the trials and waiting and everything. And then when you feel it, when you have what's called a cue, when you make it through the whole obstacle course without fault and you have good time, it's, there's nothing like it. It's so fun because you just feel that connection. 
And since you've started that and feeling that connection and, and really understanding how you feel it, are you, do you feel like you're feeling it other places in your life or has it led to further development, personal development for you? Uh, yeah, I feel it in different areas for sure. Um, just in relationships in general, I can feel when I'm off or when the relationship is off and what I need to let go of. It's pretty much a lot of letting go, like yeah. the control, whenever I feel like I'm trying to control a situation, um, it, it doesn't work. I mean, that sounds so simple and we know that, but right. like, for example, this agility camp that we went to last year, it was supposed to be 93 degrees and she's got a flat nose. She doesn't do well in heat. I don't do well in that kind of heat either. And I could feel myself trying to control that situation. And then I thought, no, just focus on what you can control get a fan, get a chili vest, it reflects the sun off the dog mm. and, and to let go as much as possible of trying to control the situation and focusing on what is within my realm here that I can control and just focus on that because otherwise, you know, you could drive yourself crazy. That's definitely a life lesson, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm curious about when you didn't notice until you saw the video, how codependent you were about the um, how she was doing. When you looked back at that, could you feel at the time? So in, in retrospect, could you say, oh, that's how I felt while I was doing that? And then turn around and recognize it in your life in other situations? Um because sometimes we don't know we're doing it right until we see a video and, yeah. and we feel a certain way. And then we realize, oh, this is how I felt with this person or in this career or in some other mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, for sure. For me, it takes looking at the video, a lot of journaling. What I felt in the moment was this just isn't working, mm -hmm. you know, and I've okay. had that feeling before, like I'm trying so hard, like many of us. You know, you try so hard. You think you're doing everything right. What else do you want from me? Yeah. You know, I'm doing everything. And then you see that and it's like, oh, no wonder. But when we don't take an observer point of view, step back and just kind of observe, all, all we can feel is something isn't right. Something yeah. is flowing. It's the difference between control and and things flowing. Yeah. So do you have a way you step into that observer role now without a video camera? Well, I would say the more I have watched videos in the past, the easier it is for me to see in a lesson when I'm over controlling or trying to help too much. It's become very easy. In fact, now I'm working on distance and it's really cool because that's where in some of these trials you you have your dog and you can't be near them you have mm. to send them to a jump from behind this marked line so you can't be close to them so we're working on distance which is super cool because she's over there i'm over here and and we're still connected mm -hmm. like we're 
still connected, even though we're not like right next to each other. So that's helped in answer to your question. That's helped a lot. Just being able to focus on that too. Wow. Is it truly a felt connection? Is she watching you or it's she's just going by your energy and your connection? Well, the energy and connection, but she's watching too. Okay. These dogs are so incredibly smart. Yeah. I, I have no idea, but they're watching everything. They watch, I've done a footwork course, like which foot goes first and they actually take a different lead. Like with horses, you know, when they're cantering around, how they take a different lead. Well, dogs do that too. And if they go into the tunnel with the wrong lead, they can get really hurt. Oh. So it's up to me to have my foot, the right foot forward, so that she changes lead to go into the tunnel. Interesting. And she watches it. And I said to my trainer one time, I said, how does she know that? She goes, they just do. They just <laughs> do. They watch you so closely that that they automatically will change leads. Interesting. It does sound a lot like some of my friends and the work they do with their horses and mm -hmm. the connection between them and and how they move and how they train. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think has fundamentally changed about your life or about your relationship with your dog through this process? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just a small question. <laughs> big time. Really? I mean, I have in the beginning, Zeta was a handful. I mean, she was so demanding and she had so much energy and I could feel myself losing it. Just like, my God, my whole life is this dog now, you know, like, what do you need now? And, you know, she's got this thing called the monkey cry where she'll you know, whine and she wants something. And, and uh, I've learned in myself, I could feel before when I would react. And now I can feel where it's just like, oh, okay, she needs a timeout. Mm -hmm. And I would put her in the crate and she actually relaxes in her crate. She loves it and she can calm down. So before I would react to something, get angry or frustrated with her, I could feel myself. It's like, wow, I'm really maturing. <laughs> I'm maturing because I, I'm not letting it get to me. I am just going, okay, this is what needs to happen now. And it's it's much better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite way to process all the information that's coming in? Because it sounds like it's been a really incredible journey. Yeah, I I really enjoy journaling, doing the video in slow motion where I can see what point there was an error or something that could have been done better. I like talking to people. I like talking to you. And I have another good friend who's in agility, who's also into personal development, which not everybody is. I'll go to trials and right. I'm like, what have you learned about yourself? And they go, what? <laughs> huh? I'm like, oh my God, this is just ripe for learning about ourselves and our patterns. But my one friend, her and I will talk too. And we understand um, how, how amazing this whole thing is for personal development. And I just want to say with your listeners, it doesn't have to be agility, whatever you're doing, gardening or sewing, whatever it is, there is a lesson that the universe is showing us. And it's 
like if we just slow down for me, I just had to slow down and say, okay, let me just really feel into what was going on in that moment when I flipped, you know, when, when there was a lesson, you know, there's some kind of awareness that needs to happen. So slowing down, talking to people, journaling, and just recognizing that whatever you are doing in your life, it is your spiritual curriculum. Wow. Your spiritual curriculum. So I, th I think that's really interesting because going back to what you said that you would see other people at the trials and people had no idea what you were talking about, about the personal journey. And all of a sudden it was to me, it was like, oh, right. This isn't, you know, it's not a, a come to agility for your spiritual, spiritual development. Uh, it might be for some people, but like you said, it's um, your spiritual curriculum. So it's going to be something different for all of us, perhaps. It might be agility. It might be, like you said, those other things as well. And so, yeah. so based on that, and you were talking about, okay, slowing down, look what happened at the shift, journaling, talking to people. That's really important. So we're creating our own curriculum, basic, basically based on yeah what brought you I, I mean so based on some kind of a personal interest or talent or something what brought you to agility in the first place well I just wanted to see what my dog was capable of okay you know and I wanted to give her the most exposure to be who she can be right rather than just walking by my side she can really perform and yeah. really get out there um yeah do you feel like she led you to agility or le is leading you through this journey so. because i didn't know at all and then i started looking at agility and and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to run i'm like i don't even know if i can run anymore honestly i'm like they're out there running and and so i started running i go well, i can still run but i never even i wasn't a runner i wasn't a sprinter any of those things you have to do short turns and all this stuff um but i think she also has helped me to stay in the present moment hmm. more there was a study done with um these dolphin trainers it was either whales or dolphins and the trainers would go in there and they did a study where they showed the trainers who went in with this, I know it all. I know how to control this animal. I know how to train them. And I, they compared that person with the trainer who went in and just said, what's different about this dolphin today? Hmm. How does this dolphin look different today than yesterday? or even like a half an hour ago, how is it different? And they said it was dolphins. They said the dolphins had so much connection with the person because the person was in the present moment, not saying, I know it all. I'm a trainer. I know how to do all this, but how is this? And just imagine like you with your parents or or your friends or something, when they're so tuned in and they're going, how is this person different? right now mm, right. than yesterday 
rather than, oh yeah, she's my sister. I know. And you've already put them in a box, right? right. You right. know who they are, what they're going to say. It's like, there's no room for connection because you've put them in a box. It's the same with the dogs. Like when I'm really tuned into her, she's tuned in to me. Like we got this thing going. Yeah. But yeah, one time at a lesson, I was trying to get a jump set up and she ran off and it was training near a cliff. You know, it was like, I didn't want her running off, but somebody said to me, where were you when she lost interest? And when she went running the other way uh, and I'm like, that's true. I was focused on setting up the jump, right? Right. So that's when I came across that video of the dolphins and saying, you know, even with her in the ring, if I need to set up a jump, I need to hold her in my arms or put her in the van. Because if I'm not connected with her out there when we're doing our thing, there the disconnect happens. So there, it's like a, a, a circular yeah, connection. If you're not paying attention, then she, she will go off. She won't pay attention to you. Yeah. Exactly. That Thank reminds you. me... Um, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's not Krishna, but one of the gods teaches that in order to talk, you have to have someone to listen. Otherwise, yeah. you're not talking, right? So there there needs to be, you know, both sides of it. And isn't that the truth of life, the, you know, balance and, and order and everything? It has to be um, give and take. So, yeah. And, yeah. And the intelligence between us, have you ever noticed, like when you are giving full attention, the answers that come from the other person are so much richer. Mm. Like yeah. I've done communication skills where we're just really totally focused and we watch videos. It's like, we could not have done this without the person listening. Interesting. Without that deep, deep listening. Because otherwise, it's just a monologue. Right, right. That's true. When I would teach people animal communication or talk about animal communication, it's like it's really about focus. You actually have to intentionally sit and be quiet and and listen or try to connect. Same as with the friends on the couch. Or you can sit next to a person you might still be connected, but you're paying attention to your phone or whatever else. It's not until you look at each other and you start focusing on each other mm -hmm. that things start happening. What is your, your education process for further development? Do you have one? I do. I work with a couple different people. And I also work a lot with myself now. Like, I think a lot of us are getting to that point where it's like, this is awesome. And I love to share ideas, mm -hmm. but I also just notice that when I tune in, like this past couple of years, I've just been really focusing on, on just, um, not depending so much on all the outside sources, but just going inward and just being still. And that can be so hard I mean, I was raised in Minnesota where we were always going, right? And right. you, I could think I was a failure if I didn't do something. But I try to turn my computer off like seven at the latest. 
and just either I'll lay in reconstructive pose and, or I'll just stare at the fireplace. That's and awesome. there's a lot coming up. Like I should be doing something. I could be doing something else, but everything happens in that space where you allow more space. And who was it? I just read the other day, beware of the something of a boring life. Like, don't be scared to have a boring life. Mm -hmm. And, and that really struck me because I noticed that when I just thought my life has become so boring, I used to do all this stuff. I used to have something going on all the time. And now I'm laying on my bathroom floor. It's a heated floor. Oh, so it's nice. really nice. But I just lay on that floor for hours sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything, but everything happens. Everything unfolds mm -hmm. when we just give ourselves that space. And I'm not saying like just become a couch potato and do nothing all the time, but the, the actions we take are more from that connected place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it isn't from this predetermined control ego. It's from this inspired action. Like, I mean, if I may, one last analogy with the A-frame in agility, these little dogs run up at, uh, at an angle. They cannot see what's on the other side. They they have to go on trust, and then we've worked it before. But I thought when she was doing her first one in a trial, I go, that's just like my life. It's <laughs> like most of us don't know where we're going. Yeah, We can't see what's on the other side of this. Exactly. Oh, what's happening on the planet, we don't know. I mean, that's the bottom line is we just don't know, but we have to trust. We have to, you know go up that into the great unknown and get to the other side That's without true. necessarily knowing and just keep, I mean, trust in ourselves is, is just huge. And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I've said to myself, Oh, I should have done that. And then I thought when I couldn't sleep one night, I thought, what if every decision I've ever made has been the correct one? Mm, wow. And I fell asleep. It was, yeah. That's pretty powerful. Every decision you made was the yeah. correct one. Ultimately, it is, isn't it? Yeah. They're all the correct choices, decisions. But we turn it over in our head so many times. <clears throat> right. And that leads to sleepless nights and beating ourselves up, not being kind to ourselves. I could feel when I said that to myself, I just felt this like this just embrace, like, yes, being kind to yourself. Like, even if I had made that other decision, that would have been right for my particular spiritual path. Right. So it takes, takes a load off. That's true. Because of the last few years, I've, you know, had to turn certain decisions over in my head about, do I want to do something or not do something? And ultimately, checking in with my divine guidance, either way is the right decision. There's, there's a lesson either way. Mm -hmm. There's no wrong answer. So whether you do this or you don't do this, there's going to be some kind of a learning. There's going to be, you know, information you will learn and you will grow. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at 
then you see, you got me started on agility, <laughs> but in agility, there's this refusal line. Like if they don't take the jump or they refuse it, but it's different than if they go up to it and just get their footing, right? Mm. And they kind of assess and then they do it. That's not a penalty. And I thought with myself too, it's like, where am I not giving myself permission? Or am I just refusing something? Am I just in my ego going, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Or am I just taking my time yeah. to say, is this the right thing? Am I going to go for it? or not. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And earlier when you said, you know, what if every decision I made was correct or the right decision? I love those what if statements. I use those an awful lot because it really seems to open us up to it's okay. And possibilities, you know, what if I am fully supported doing what I love? Yeah. You know, what if that's powerful. Is there anything that you that I should have asked you that I neglected to that, you know, or what or... if you would have asked me this one question <laughs> that would have been so awesome. What if we have covered everything? What if, yeah, I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you wish everyone knew? Like if you had a message to everyone, what would it be? It's like, it probably changes every day, but right now I would say slow down. I got to say this to myself all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. I get excited talking about this topic. Yeah. But it really does seem to me that if we all slowed down and really noticed what was revealing itself to us in our lives, um, we could relax. We could relax a lot more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like that. Thank you. Do you have mm -hmm. anything you want the listeners to know about you? Uh, it, I'll, of course, put any links if you have them on my on the show notes. But do you have any books or shows or anything coming up you want to promote? Um, well, no, they could go to my website, PamelaZeman.com to see what I've been doing. And also, I'm just joining this this other unite.live because it's all, um, I don't know. I'm just learning more about it, but I'll have my studio uh, apartment on there that I'm renting out. If people are in squim or they're in the Olympic peninsula, I'm renting out my fabulous first floor place. And I right by the river, maybe you can see it, but yeah, it's kind of right light. by the Dungeness river, miles and miles of walking trails. And, uh, yeah, I just love to share it with people. I love to go foraging. I'm going to be seaweed foraging next week. And wow. I'm just doing all this really fun stuff. So that's actually where my energy is these days, is just welcoming people into my home, you know, the whole first floor, private entrance and all that, but just hanging out by the river and exploring. Nice. And and they find it at unite.live. Is that what you called it? Actually, they could just email me and oh, okay. I can let them okay. know more about it. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. But uh, you might want to check out unite.live. I think it's a pretty cool site because um, there's no harvesting of information like on all the other channels and stuff like that. It's very clean. and. Oh, I've, yeah, I've not heard of it. So I will check yeah. it out. All right. Yeah, you might like it. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pamela. And I will say... 
goodbye to the listeners. Look forward to connecting with everyone later and have a great day. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. That's R-E-V-K-A-R-E-N Podcast.com. There you're going to find the tools for finding more meaning and happiness in your own life. Plus, if you have a story that you want to share with me, either on or off the air, be sure to look for that form. Make sure you follow me so you get notified when new episodes drop. And also, I'd love to connect with you in my Facebook group, Connectedness with Rev Karen. So head over to RevKarenPodcast.com. I hope to see you there.